Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back in and rolling on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ES. Paranormal, as is customary on a Monday, it's time to bring in the Associate Executive Director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. That would be Harold Grader on X at Harold Greater Harold, how's it going? Gabe, I'm great. What a weekend. It Holy was something. Cow. It was something. You know what I've never asked you? My family, my dad at least, was born in Cincinnati. Are you Greater's Ice Cream? Greater's is that, ice is that, cream. Is that, is that, is that One of the legendary ice cream brands. Of course. In America. Of course. They are distant cousins of ours. Rock on. My family was in Texas. My grandparents and ancestors, the Greater Ice Cream Dynasty, those folks. It's settled, a dynasty. Yes, no it is. question. Settled in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. But about 30 years ago or so, one of my uncles who was in the grocery business in Texas learned of the Greater Ice Cream brand, did the family genealogy, and the lines crossed back in Germany. And way back in my Channel 5 days, Gabe, uh-huh. the Tigers were playing in the conference basketball tournament in Cincinnati. Right. And went up there to cover the tournament. And on our travel day, when it was all over with, I made arrangements to go by Grader's Ice Cream and did a story with Rich Grader, who runs the company. And uh, it is fabulous. It's available at some of the uh, specialty grocery stores here in Memphis. If you haven't had it, it, try it. And I say that. As a endo- personal endorsement, but I get nothing out of yeah. it other than leading you to a great ice cream brand My, that I know you will enjoy, especially anything with with the big chocolate chunks yes, in it. Yes, yes. I mean, in mo- yeah. most of their ice creams have. My dad, my dad sends it all out to everybody yep. at the, the uh, at the holidays. Yep. Sends them like fifteen pints a piece. Yeah, you know, and being it's from always Tex- great. And being from Texas, obviously the the sacred cow, no pun intended, is bluebell ice cream. Yeah, but which is pretty good. But, but graders, I, I don't know. You. I've got it in the store. I've got it right there in the in the shop too. It's awesome. Pretty dang good when you're when you're there. Now it was a great weekend. It yes, was it was it was an interesting weekend <laughs> to say the least. Man, um, I do want to start though. SEC. I don't know what to think about them. Obviously Georgia at the top, right? Yeah. But we have Alabama already lost. LSU has lost. Tennessee. Just lost. A and M has lost already yeah. through. I mean, we're only going on to week four, right? So it's like I, I'm trying to put my finger on what exactly is going on with the SEC, 
and I, I can't quite do it. I just feel like this is uh, it's a lot more average than it usually is. And like when you want to say it's top heavy, you think of Alabama and LSU not having yeah. lost by now, but they have. And even the teams that are quote unquote at the top or are showing that they all have issues. Yep. Some Georgia played close. It's either one side of the ball or the other, or in some cases, issues on both sides of the ball. So you look at the SEC, and after three weeks of play, there are only five undefeated teams. Yep. Georgia, Kentucky, Mizzou, Auburn, Ole Miss. And the the quote-unquote uh, big guys have have struggled, and, and are in some cases they're winning, but they're still searching for some answers. And probably at the top of that list, uh, Alabama. Yep. Uh, obviously... We have known since spring that quarterback was going to be an issue for Alabama. I think a lot of people thought, and I include myself in this, Gabe, is once they got through spring ball and then brought in Buckner from Notre Dame with the new OC at Alabama, my thought was that was his guy at Notre Dame. They'll get it fixed going into the fall. But we go through all of fall camp, and they still haven't solved it. Right. You don't bring in a guy like that if you don't if you have what you need on the roster you wouldn't have brought in Tyler exactly Buckner. That's right. all it said to me. Now, yeah. where do you stand on their quarterback battle? I mean, I I can't look at that quarterback uh room and in my right mind say Tyler Buckner can run out there again. He was yeah. very bad. And I am sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's fine and he was a a, a solid uh, recruit out of high school, but you cannot run him out there. Ty Simpson looked <sighs> mediocre, I'd say, in that game against South Florida. I am of the opinion it feels like Jalen Milrow, yeah, he, he can he can make some tough plays um, and, and, and put you behind the eight ball. But at the same time, I feel like he's the best you have. I feel like he's the best you have if you're Bama right now, and he can also burn people with his legs and make big plays happen uh, yeah. downfield potentially. So I... I, I feel like that's where they're at right now and that's not a perfect place to be but you have to throw out your best option uh week to week i'm leaning that way too gabe that they go back to milrow this week uh as you said the other two quarterbacks played but let me tell you yes quarterback is a problem but i start in and this is your area of expertise O-line. the o-line yep that's where it starts and ends because if you can't protect I don't care who you put back there. You're yep. going to have issues. And and Alabama continues to have problems on the O-line. They had, they gave up five sacks yep. to South Florida. Five. And when your quarterback is running around or is on his back, I don't again, I don't care who you have back yep. there. You're not going to be able to perform. Big red flag for Alabama is that offensive line. And then, you know, going back to the decision to pull Milrow last week, I think Saban's quote uh, something to the effect of, "Hey, you know, we went through a week of practice and we played who practiced best. Okay. And last week after Texas, it was the other two guys. It wasn't Milrow. They went that way. They got through the game. It wasn't pretty. Uh, so they survived it. So now, what do you do now that you're into league play? And and obviously." What's on the line gets ratcheted up yep. hugely from here on out, especially league game and knowing that 
no two-loss team has ever gone to the playoff. Mm-hmm. So there is no wiggle room for Alabama. They've yeah. got to win, and they'll have all they can handle with Ole Miss. And I was in Oxford Saturday night uh, to see them against Georgia Tech, and we could talk about them in a little bit. Yeah. But Alabama has issues, and I thought they would get them fixed last week and then show that in the game. Still issues, but I, I really start with the O-line. Yeah, I really and, and it, I, I'm glad you bring it up that way because they're talented as hell. They, I mean, they have a five-star, the number one O-tackle in the 2023 class, I believe, starts at left tackle for them, Caden Proctor. He's out of the state of Iowa. A lot of Iowa fans felt burnt that he didn't end up there, but Alabama or Iowa, I, th- I, I think I know what decision I'd make if I was in the same position. Um, but he's he's big, and it, it, he seems raw still. And usually you're used to guys at least getting a couple years under their belt before they start for Nick Saban. And it feels like they're also maybe a little too big. They have three guys over 350. That is that is just that's a little too large, I think, right. at times to move in the right. in the correct do, way, especially in pass protection. Just, yeah. I mean, five sacks will tell you that. Now, um, moving on, Tennessee cannot win on the road at uh, uh, at Florida. It's been since what 2003. Yeah. That I mean, and they got. Manhandled. They had their. Oh, they had O line issues of their own. Yes. They couldn't run the ball, and I feel like with a Josh Heupel offense, yeah, people will talk about the big pass plays, but if you don't establish the run, you can't keep a defense honest and hit on those big pass plays. Um, so Tennessee just struggled all around in that game, and I was really surprised by that. I did not see that coming. I thought it would be Tennessee, not necessarily in a walk, but a comfortable win, and it was far from that, obviously. Nobody needed a win worse than Billy Napier because he got up, it. up until then, he really had not had a signature win, and there was heat on him. Uh, so for he, Billy Napier and the Gators, huge, huge, huge. Tennessee, you mentioned it, could, they have some O-line problems. And, you know, they with that offense, it's about tempo and rhythm they had five false starts mm. in that game. And when you're doing that, you can't get that rhythm that that offense requires. Uh, you know, Milton, I think he threw a, threw a pick in the first half. And not a great performance by, by the Tennessee offense by, by any stretch. But they have their issues, too. Yeah, but uh, Florida showed, at least offensively, what works for them. Yes. Graham Mertz just somehow hit a couple of passes, keep a defense on us, and then run the ball. They have two guys back there. Yep. It's Montrell Johnson, and then they have uh, Trevor Etienne, but he ran for 172 yards, Trevor Etienne. They have some backs. I mean, if they can sort of get to that every game and make defenses defend that, Every game, I think they could win a few more games, and I think Billy could be safe. But he needed this win. He, he needed sure this one in he a sure huge did. way. And I think for him, and I think this is one of the things he said after that game, was, yes, it's been a slow, methodical process, but this validates our process. Yep. If you just hang in there with us, we can get this done now. <laughs> Will this carry over? Was it a one-shot deal where everybody's psyched and <laughs> right and Tennessee's having some struggles and it, and it all just came together for for Florida? We'll see. But I, I gotta believe, though, going back to the Tennessee side of that, that they're not as bad as they looked on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's the case. But I will say, no coach at Florida has lost 
to Tennessee right. at Florida since 2003. Yeah. It tells you something. Yep. There's there's something there's something that bothers Tennessee about making that trip. And it's a hard place to play. Swamp's a hard place to play. You bet. There's no doubt about it. Um, Georgia at the top, they uh, really struggled in that first half. Sure did. Down 14-3 to at half to South Carolina at home. And this is a game that they just ran away with last year. Yeah. On the road at South Carolina. But they end up coming back and winning. They score twenty one in the second half, twenty four to th- or twenty four to fourteen. They look even. I mean, I know they had a close game with Mizzou last year. I know they, you know, uh, could you know week to week. It depends what they look like in conference play. But I, I was not not impressed or enthused with what they put out there, especially at home against South Carolina. Right. You you have to run away with that thing if I want to consider you the number one team in the country. Well, Georgia, interesting look. Um, as you said, got off to the slow start. They have become, tip of the cap to them, you know, if they're having troubles in the first half, you know, they get in there at halftime and they make adjustments and yeah. they figure it out. They have become a second-half team, and Wow. They, they dominate second half. I, I think uh, defensively, you know, they shut down Rattler. He had 129 yards, zero points in the second half. Uh, that So the defense turned it up. Uh, they got a little offense going. Uh, a different look from Georgia. Um, but that's what great football teams do. They figure mm-hmm. out a way to win. And it, it may not be what Georgia fans right. have been accustomed to these past two years. But a win is a win. But... It makes you ask, what's going on there as well? Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I'm not like I'm not pushing any type of panic alarm. But Georgia at home, you don't want to see it that close against no, South Carolina. Don't. But it no, is what it is. But hey, you get a win. A win is a win is a win. And speaking of a win, sixty-one yarder, sixty-one oh. yarder in Columbia. Uh, Harrison Mevis, who's been there since, what, the Reagan administration? I mean, he has been there forever. <laughs> but 61-yarder SEC record to beat Kansas State. And that was a, a good crossover, too, oh SEC yeah. Big 12 matchup. And, and, he's a, and he's a big dude, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like a, a lineman. Yeah. I mean, he's, well, don't they, they call him the thicker kicker? Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they do. Harrison yeah, they Mavis. do. But that was a bomb. My yes, gosh. it was. And you, and you thought, because the play before, they had a penalty. It was going to be, what, a 55-56 yarder. They have a penalty. And oh, you thought, oh, okay, well, they, oh, they, yeah, just, no they, they just blew it. Yeah. They just blew it. They choked it away. They had right? a del- and also, it's the worst because it was a delay of game in that yeah. situation with no timeouts. How, how, how can you let that happen? And then, because he had missed a 51 or 52 yarder earlier in the game. So they back him up, and you're like, eh. This isn't gonna happen. Yeah, and boom, he oh he hammered got it. a hold of it. He hammered it, and wow, what a scene! Good for Eli Drink. He he needed the win. Uh, that fan base needed that win. Uh, they rushed the field, which is always fun as long as no one gets hurt. Yes, it's that, those are always fun. As a matter of fact. Uh, uh, Alyssa Lang from ESPN right. SEC Network had her on on Friday. Was, yep. the, was the sideline reporter at that game. We we had her in town tonight at, at the uh, Touchdown Club. So we're looking forward to talking to her uh, about being in the middle of the of the crush of fans there. But good win for Mizzou. Uh, good for them. Can they sustain it? We'll see. Obviously, that rolls into what's coming up this Saturday in St. Louis at the Dome, playing the Tigers. Huge. 
And, you know, from a Memphis perspective, I mean, obviously, Mizzou's pretty good. Yeah. Quarterback's pretty good. I like number three. I was impressed with the quarterback this week, although I haven't really in his – I haven't been overly impressed in his career, but that was good. And and he did it against a good K-State team. Um, Luther Burden, the third. Stud. Not to be confused with Thurston Howell, the third, from (laughs) Gilligan's Island. But uh, Burden, who you'll see Saturday against Memphis – Number if if you don't know the name, just know the jersey number. Number three, yep. if I'm not mistaken, had a really good game. Uh, somebody that the Tigers are going to have to look out for this weekend in uh, St. Louis. Uh, but a good win for Mizzou. That program needed it. Uh, Eli needed it. And again, uh, a signature win for Eli. You know, he's been to three bowl games with this team, but hasn't had a winning season yet. Mm-hmm. So th- they've been on him a little bit. The pressure's been on on Drinkwitz, so good for him. He gets a solid win uh, against a ranked team uh, there at home uh, on Saturday. But but the but the buzzer beater field goal, which I believe is an SEC record, it is sixty one yards. Yep, impressive. But three and over, three and over. Yeah. Mizzou versus Memphis in yep. St. Louis on uh, ESPNU. That will be a that will be a big game. That's 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 the type of game you want to see the Tigers playing. Well, either side. Yeah. Um, but what are your uh, just immediate thoughts? I know you brought up Luther Burden, and I know you brought up Brady Cook, but I think it's a seven point line right now that the Mizzou Tigers are yeah. favored by. Um, I think this is going to be interesting because there's a lot of things you have to pay attention to. Last week, I don't think the, uh, Memphis looked very good against Navy, but that yeah, that can always throw a wrench in your plans to play a yeah. team like that. And they gave them a little bit of a different look on offense. would spread it out a little bit almost. Navy did. But uh, Tigers, Memphis Tigers, have a, uh, have a little bit extra to prepare. They have a little bit of extra time because of the Thursday game to prepare for this yep. game. So you hope that that helps. You know, just – Based on the way the Tigers performed against Navy, I, I thought that number might be a little more mm-hmm. uh, than than just seven. Uh, obviously, the Tigers have things that I'm sure they have been working on since last Thursday. They have some issues. Uh, how will Mizzou respond after an emotional win like that? Um, can they get up I two weeks what, in a row? I wonder what uh, that crowd in the dome is yeah. not going to be a sellout. Uh, yes, it'll be certainly a Mizzou home crowd. Of course, but playing in the massive dome is going to be like. Uh, not sure what, what what that atmosphere is going to be like, but certainly a pro Mizzou crowd. But a real opportunity here for the Memphis Tigers and Ryan Silverfield. One boy, it'd be great if they could take advantage of the opportunity. Maybe Mizzou's not quite there mentally. Uh, t- again, the Memphis Tigers. Uh, room for error is almost nil, I would yeah. say. Very fine line. You got to play almost perfect every week when you're playing a quality football team, which means few penalties, if, if any, no turnovers. You can't help the other guys. Uh, so, again, the opportunity is there, it's in front of the Tigers. Let's let's hope they take advantage of it. Yeah, I hope so. I, I am curious. So I haven't been to the dome in quite yeah. a while since it was named the Edward Jones Dome, and now it's the Amer- Dome at America Center. So we'll uh, we'll see what that looks like. I, obviously, I don't think they're going to sell it out, like you said, but I hope it's not a sleepier crowd, if you will. 
But I think there should be some Mizzou fans out yeah. there after last week and, beat the number 15 team in the country. And, and you know, if, if it is a small-ish type of crowd, a low uh, excitement crowd maybe, uh, that's to that's to the Memphis's yeah, advantage. Yeah, I would think so. I would think Absolutely. so, especially after last week. Yes, for 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 Mizzou. Absolutely. Um, now talking with Harold Grader, the associate executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. We have a few more things to get to, um, including Ole Miss. They're rolling along. Yeah. Beat beat Georgia Tech at home. Looked good. I I, I guess I want to ask it this way. I know LSU looked really good this weekend against Mississippi State at Mississippi State. At that, yeah. I mean, just rolled them. Um, but with Alabama sort of down, uh, with LSU having that loss at least on their on their resume so far, what do you think about Ole Miss in the West? I mean, have you have you been impressed thus far with with their performance, and do you think they can compete with those those big dogs at the top? Well, I was impressed with the win at Tulane, even though the quarterback for Tulane uh, didn't play or didn't play the entire game down there. That was a good win on the road yeah. uh, for Ole Miss the week before. I was in Oxford on Saturday night. Uh, Jackson Dart's the real deal. He looked really good. Started uh, running the ball a little bit. Absolutely. So he not only can throw it around a little bit, but he also has some nice runs. You know, passing, he was 10 of 18, 251, a touchdown pass. Uh, he had his had the running game going, had two running touchdowns in the game. So it's in front of, of Ole Miss now. The opportunity is there. And, you know, thinking back to – Spring and then going into into uh, fall camp, you know, talking to uh, the media that cover Ole Miss on a daily basis and and know that program better than anybody, you know that the projections predictions for Ole Miss literally went from everything from six and six seven five all the way up to nine and three right. maybe a ten and two with an outside shot at a ten and two. That spectrum. Well, looking at them Saturday night against a. A, a better Georgia Tech team yeah. uh, than a year ago. They're feisty, at least. I, I was impressed uh, with Ole Miss. They look good. So it's there in front of them. I mean, their schedule this week. <laughs> they get both of them in a row. This week, they're, they're at <laughs> Alabama. Then they're home to LSU and Arkansas. Then they hit an open week. So it is all out in front of Ole Miss. If they can perform, they could be 6-0. and Leading the pack in the SEC West going into their open week here in a couple of weeks. So defensively, I want to see really what they're made of. I think yeah. we'll see a lot more of that this yep. week um, going on the road at Bama. And then offensively, I've been impressed with Jackson Dart. This is the best I've ever seen him play. Yeah. But I need to see Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley and all these guys get going. I haven't quite seen the, the run game with the running backs in particular been like it was a year ago. Yeah, Judkins, you know, during the week they didn't – necessarily think he was going to play uh it was kind of a game time decision he he said hey i can go so they played him some not as much as he probably will down the road had 37 carries uh for had a touchdown there in the fourth quarter when <laughs> when Ole miss uh pulled the pulled away in that game i'm sorry 13 carries 37 yep. yards is what i meant to say on on judkins uh, stats. So a little bit of exposure, a little bit of getting back in it. Uh, not the full load you would think he will uh, could carry for them going down the road. Um, but if you're going to win against this competition, you got to have both. Mm-hmm. You know, you Dart's going to have to throw the ball. Again, his ability to run is a plus. 
but you got to get the running game going uh, all the way all the way around for Ole Miss if they're going to be what they want to be. Now, the best part of this upcoming week, week four, is that that game right there is one of six rank versus rank matchups in the AP poll. We have Ole Miss versus or Ole Miss at Bama. Then you'll have UCLA at Utah, Colorado at Oregon, um, Oregon State at Washington. A lot of these from the pack. I mean, the pack is having, I mean, a very good year. I think they have eight teams ranked in the AP Top 25. Then you have Ohio State at Notre Dame, Iowa at Penn State to sort of round that whole thing out. Yeah. This is the this is best week of the year so far, thus far. This is, this, I mean, there's matchups on matchups this week. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, the deeper you go, you get past uh, the, the non-conference games, even though some of those matchups you mentioned were, were non-conference games, but... Uh, you look around as far as from our perspective at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, you know, obviously focusing on uh, SEC, Big 12. You, you mentioned some of those uh, key games in the SEC and just looking at the schedule. Uh, you know, Auburn, Hugh Freeze off to a 3-0 and start. Uh, they've got their first league road game under Hugh. They're at A&M yep. this week. Uh, we mentioned Ole Miss at Alabama. Tennessee. Yep. Home. You would think just by the name, but they're playing San Antonio. And San yeah. Antonio is a pretty good pretty but, good football team. So Tennessee's not going to be able to just roll the ball out there and and get the easy and, win at home. I don't think. And especially think. if Frank Harris Jr. returns this week yeah. too because he was he's he was out against Army and that's why they struggled this past week. But if he comes back, that could be the trouble. Yeah, and then a game uh that that's interesting uh not necessarily because it's going to impact uh, the the top, um, but two coaches that you know for Mississippi State and South Carolina, you know states two and one, South Carolina one and two, and this could be a game, Gabe, that it kind of sets the tone of okay, which way is this season going to go mm-hmm. for whoever wins this game and and on the other side, if you lose it, can you bounce back, or does it set the tone to to keep backpedaling. Uh, so if you're a state fan, uh, I'd say this is a big game for them. Yep. Uh, you know, do you do you keep making some progress under the new head coach under Zach? And obviously, it's a, it's a different look Mississippi State team. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're used to slinging around. Will Rogers, you know, rolling up the numbers uh, with the passing yardage. But that era, unfortunately, <laughs> went when. Mike Leach passed. Such a such a tough, and, and tough Zach year Arnett to deal has with. Has a different approach, and they are a very different looking football team it, for sure. It's really it's really tough to sort of watch them right now because I think they they had this style that they had, this culture they had built, and obviously yeah. Coach Leach passes away, and now it's just all has, has seemed to dissipate for the most part. And I, I, I'm watching Will Rogers play, and he's having to hand the ball off a whole lot more, and it just doesn't look right. He doesn't look, you know. He doesn't look himself yeah. because he is he is a guy who came in to play an air raid, drop That's back right. a bunch, and, and yep. sling it all over the yard. That's and he's exactly he's right. had a lot of success doing it, and this year he's not able to do that as much. It's 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 tough, it's tough. But they were they were dealt some tough cards. That's and the truth again. Of it. So that that is a a work in progress as they get accustomed to running this new one, offense under uh, Zach Arnett. Then take a quick look on the other side of the matchup for us on the on the Big Twelve side. They've got five undefeated teams at 3-0 as well. BYU, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, UCF. And there are a couple of teams this past week 
uh, got their first wins of the season, and they were needing them badly. Two of the brand names in the in the Big Twelve, Baylor and Texas Tech, and uh, you know they they both stumbled out of the starting blocks, and uh, they were both able to. Uh, get their first wins of the year. Big win uh, for Neil Brown uh, at West Virginia this past week, beating yep. uh, the neighborhood rival Pitt. So they're two and one. And then you look at uh, you know this week, uh, Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Yep. Cincinnati new to the Big Twelve. I think that's this is their Big Twelve opener. Uh, mentioning those two undefeated teams, BYU Kansas. BYU is at Kansas this week. Texas is at Baylor, and then UCF at Kansas State. And it'll be interesting with Kansas State going back home, uh, playing an undefeated UCF team, how does Kansas State respond to taking it on the chin, and especially that emotional ending there against Mizzou. So uh, some interesting games. How do teams respond? And, you know, the good ones respond in a positive way. I've never been to Manhattan, Kansas. But I, I have, have to say, I, I and you can, you can probably speak to it. The little apple, baby. I have heard on several occasions from several different guys that have played there that it can get real weird and sleepy at times. It's just, a, and obviously that's usually a day game or like an eleven a.m. game. Yeah. This will be a this will be a seven p.m. game. This yeah. will be a late game. But I hear it's just a strange place to play. Like it gets packed out, oh, yeah. and they're very rabid about about that uh, that team in general. But it just can be a little – it's just a strange place to play. It can wear on you. It can just sort of be a little quieter than you expect and it lull you to sleep. Is that, is that the truth or you know, is it, is it, is it it's riled up? It's interesting that you describe it that way because that has not been my experience. Okay. Uh, that that they're, they're into it. Of course they um, are, yeah. Inter- interesting. interesting. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you know, it's a fabled place on some level. Uh, you, you know, they had uh, Bill Snyder, the legendary Hall of Fame coach, there for so many years. A statue of uh, Coach Snyder out front of the stadium, and uh, you know they've done a great job over the last uh, five to ten years uh, improving the facilities there, uh, amenities to the stadium, uh, anything that you know a big time program will do. And obviously, with Chris Kleiman there, he's unbelievable. Uh, you know, people were wondering. You know, things started to slide a little bit there at the end of Coach Snyder's tenure, and they brought in Chris, who had had great success at his previous places, and it and it was okay. We kind we're kind of hitting the reset button there in in uh, Manhattan, and uh, they've done it. Yep. And uh, obviously, Kleiman has done a great job. We've had him here. Uh, fun place to play. Okay, but again, but, it, but you're from that part of the world. Yeah, you're typical. Midwestern, yes. Everybody's drinking uh, bush light <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> yes. at the tailgate, and uh, it, it's fun. And you know, it, it it is. I would say this: different. They're, they're they love their football team, yeah. But the vibe there is different than an SEC school. Okay, just uh, I think yeah. that's just the regionality of it, uh-huh. uh, and. The folks being the folks. Yeah. And a lot I, of farmers. A lot of farmers in that part of the world. And I do always, whenever I hear Chris Kleiman's name, I have to shoot off yeah. my take about him. Him and Kyle Whittingham are the coaches in the FB, or especially in the Power Five, that get the most out of the least. And they do yes. every yep. single year. Really good coaches. But, Harold, great stuff as always. We'll do it again next week. Thank you, Gabe. Yes, sir. He is the Associate Executive Director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Harold Grader on X at Harold Grader. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.